Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Through 25 seasons... 4,561 episodes. I believe the Oprah Winfrey Show was one of the greatest classrooms in the world. I really never thought of it that way. The aha moments, the breakthroughs, the LOLs, the connections, the occasional ugly cry. I miss him so terribly. I miss him every single minute. The moments that mattered. The eye-opening life lessons. Never allow them to take you somewhere else. I'm bringing them back. It's time to open the vault. I've personally chosen these classic episodes to share with you again. Every single person you ever will meet shares that common desire. They want to know, do you see me? Do you hear me? Does what I say mean anything to you? You are listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. So I saw this article in the sunny New York Times. The headline reads, The Frugal Teenager, Ready or Not? Well, it's about parents who've always said yes to their children who are now having to say no for the first time after years of being showered with all the coolest stuff, you know, the coolest clothes, the hottest techno toys, birthday blowouts. Millions of overindulged teens are finally being told for the first time, the party's over. I think I can be considered spoiled. I mean, I get a lot of what I want. My dad also, I just ask him for money. And how many more uh, bags do you need? A lot, duh. Mm -hmm. Come on, get with the program. <laughs> I think she has been indulged. I definitely wish I'd been more frugal over the last five, six years when, when times have been good. Uh, I've worked hard in the last six months over with, you know, with trying to be more open about that and explaining. And in the past, I've never said no. And now I have to. I work. So the, the money that I do have, it goes towards the outings that I go to. But if I don't have money, I ask my dad or my mom. Every parent knows who's had a senior in high school knows how much money that's costing with cap and gown. We just had homecoming senior pictures. Prom is going to be just right around the corner. The way how the economy is going right now, it's kind of like we're trying to step back and kind of evaluate some of our spending habits. I have four teenagers at home. So things are split four ways. But it is hard to say no, and you know, popular clothes and shoes and items and stuff like that, it's hard. I wouldn't say that I get everything that I want, but I get more than I need, that's for sure. The designer jeans, like, I really like True Religions, they're really cute, and I like Rocket Republics, and I want a new phone, because I've had mine forever. I think she needs to start realizing that when she buys something, it's coming out of this finite pot and the more she spends, the less is left in the pot. And so that's, that's what we're trying to do now. But no, I don't, I don't really think she does understand the value of money. It's like, if I want it, why can't I have it? Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? 
Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. So one of the big questions we're going to be answering today is whether or not your kids should know how much money you make. Wendy and Paul Postel were featured in that New York Times article. And like so many other families, they have taken a financial hit. And for the first time, they are realizing that the price of saying yes to their children could cost them their future. I think we're a, the typical American family. Married, two kids, house in the suburbs cats and dogs and, and just trying to kind of go with the flow. Living the American dream, I guess, the best we can. We're all my other friends. <laughs> when the kids were younger, I indulged them in many different ways. It made me proud to give them what they wanted. I guess as, as parents, and you try to give them things that you didn't have. Blow it. Blow it. Blow it. Oh. Best way to describe the, the birthday blowouts are over the top. This picture is Zach turning one. It's a perfect example of how we overdid parties. He's surrounded by the gifts and really can't even open the gifts himself. And do you remember any of those things? <laughs> no. I think it was just all around easier when we said yes all the time. We could go out and purchase, and if we couldn't purchase, we weren't afraid of credit cards. It was a lifestyle of, you know, don't worry, we'll get more. You know, meaning money. It was, there was no end in sight. The times were good and there, there could be no fall. With the price of not only gas, electric, water, even the water's gone up, the grocery store, we always try to stay in a budget. We can't stay in that budget anymore. So that's why we're saying no. We cannot do it anymore. I sh started sharing the bills with the kids just basically because when they were asking the questions of why not, everybody else can do this, why can't we? I wanted them to realize it's a lot harder to stay solvent these days. Just to explain, I wanted Zach to see how much we do pay for the home that we live in. And when he first saw the mortgage bill, he thought it was a yearly payment. I was amazed that it's that much just to live here. This is my room, and my closet before used to be filled with tons of clothes, and it is still pretty filled, but I get most of my clothes at the thrift store, so that's what they're from. When my parents started to tell me, no, we can't get at the mall, let's go to the thrift store at first, it sucked, I didn't like it. It did cause arguments. When I see all my friends with all these really expensive, newer items, it makes me feel poor, and it makes me feel a little angry, because I grew up hearing yes all the time, and now all of a sudden, no. Now I've started to worry about our money situation. I've started to worry what's going to happen to us next. We 
Caitlin and her brother Zach are here with their parents, Wendy and Paul. Wendy, you said to the producer that really, that I remember the producer said that this crisis is one of the best things that's happened to your family? I think it is one of the best things that's so? happened to our family because it has brought us closer in a way. Caitlin and I go to the thrift store together now. She likes it, and mm -hmm. so that's spending time. We rent movies instead of going to the movies, which I think when you rent a movie, you you know, communicate more. Right. Um, and I think it's taught all of us, you know, including my husband and I, that it's not the material things that matter. Yeah. Paul, you're saying, I hear you nodding there. Oh, yes. Yeah. I agree. It has definitely brought us together. I mean, it's more united um, instead of hustling all different directions. And Kate went to her friend the, the, to the movies and money for that. It was more, you know, it's, it's scaling back. Yeah, because what you're describing and what I read in the uh, New York Times article is that it feels like your lives, everybody's going in their own direction. Mm -hmm. And many of you, you understand exactly. Everybody's got their own thing and, you're, and, and all those things are costing money. Right. Yeah. How's it been for you, Caitlin? It, it definitely sucks. Like, <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> it sucks. I mean, you're used to getting everything you want and then mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's gone. Is sucks, would that be the term for you too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I know we get more time together. More time together. Yeah. 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 And ultimately, isn't that what you really want? Yeah. Yeah. True. Caitlin, maybe not at 15. <laughs> and <a> well, <laughs> there are times that I don't like my parents and I get angry with them, but ultimately, it is nice to spend family time. Uh huh. Uh huh. Were you shocked to realize how much money is going out and how much bills are and how much the mortgage is? It scared me. Seeing the bills, it scared me. Yeah. Knowing that we only have so much coming in and then all of this is going out. Yeah. Now, it's interesting because that is the reason why a lot of parents feel like that sense of being scared or that burden shouldn't be on kids. Why did you make the decision to share this information with your kids? I think it was, you know, it was the, the comment of poor and it really insulted us. Mm -hmm. And I think the kids needed to realize we, first of all, are way better than a lot of other families. Right. I mean, truly. Yeah. They do not go without anything that they truly need. Right. You know, they're going to have to give up some items they want. But I think we just really needed to show them how hard we work. Because, you know, both of us are hard workers. And we work for the house we're in, you know, and the neighborhood that we live in and the schools that they go to. So. I thought it was important that they see what, what we're doing and providing for them. I think I thought it was interesting, Paul, because what you said, I think, represents what so many families, fathers and mothers feel, that you're living the American dream. Your idea of the American dream has always been, I'm going to give my kids everything I didn't have. Correct. Yeah. Every time my parents said no to me, I'm going to say yes, because mm -hmm. we all remember what no feels like. True. Yeah. True. Living the American dream. Um, a house in the suburbs, uh, you know, the picket fence. And with that came stacking up of bills and it's like, you know, kind of reassessing everything and saying, we need to change what we're doing. Do you feel better now as a family? Do you feel better? Oh, yes, oh, yeah. I, I do. Yeah, definitely. It's more control, yeah. chaos of, of... And the fact that Caitlin thinks it sucks, is that okay with you? <laughs> you know, it's okay. I think it's a learning experience for her. Yeah. I mean, it's part of life at well, an early you. age. Thank you, Postal family. <laughs> Actually, my dad's a financial advisor, so uh, he comes home every day. He's dealing with people's money. So he comes home, like, some days he's so stressed out, he doesn't even eat, like, he just goes home to bed. Well, there's a lot more stress in my house because I know my parents will do anything to provide what I want. And with the economy, like, not doing well, they're working twice as hard to provide simple things. 
My mom, she's a, a project manager, so she always comes home with her hair pulled out and everything. If you come home, you're gonna find my mom at the computer room with her hair up like this, typing on the computer, and she's like, I, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this. And, like, and then she doesn't really have time to talk. My parents lost a lot of their retirement money because they invested oh, yeah. it in the stock market. And right now, it's either I go to college or they retire. Yeah. And I'm gonna feel bad when I go off to college next year, and it's like they have to work another 20 years each. Recently, I had, was applying for um, a fee waiver for a college application, and I got my mom's tax return, and I brought it to my counselor, and he was like, how are you living? I was so surprised to look at those numbers and to be like, oh my gosh, what, how, like, look at this money that you're making. And I went home, and she was like, she was like, yeah, that's, that's what I've been trying to tell you about. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Susie Orman is here and says, if you want to teach your children about money, there's no better time than, than right now. Welcome again, Susie. Thank you. So you were saying that you love the postals yes. and what they've been able to start doing. Yes. And here's the thing, mainly is if you look around, why do the kids feel this way right now? And it's because just a few years ago, when they were a lot younger, everybody felt yes. wealthy. They yes. felt it, not that they were, but they felt wealthy. So yeah. they kept thinking, I can say yes, I can say yes. So when kids were eight, nine, and 10, just a few years ago, they said, yes, 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 yes. That's what Paul said, right. that you thought that it was, the money gonna was go always going to be there. forever. That's right. And now when these kids are teenagers, this is the first time in their lives they've heard no. So yes and no should not be dependent upon the economy. It should be dependent upon what kind of values do you want to raise your children with? Do you always want them to think they're entitled? Or do you want them to understand the value of a buck? Mm. And so I raised a question earlier, because I've learned from you, that letting your kids in at the appropriate age, appropriate level of maturity, letting them know what's coming in and what's going out is important. Yeah, you bit. have to involve them. Yes. You have, they are old, once they understand math, once they understand little bits about what comes in, what goes out, why is mommy stressed? Like, I just have to say this very quickly. You're, you, Caitlin, were said you're angry at them. So fascinating. What are you angry at them for? Doing their absolute best, and therefore, that's the best they can do. Because here's the lesson that I pray that you get from this. You one day are going to be a mommy, I hope. I and understand what they go through. And like, yes, I do get angry, but after we have an argument about if I can't get anything, I will say that I'm sorry and that I understand, yeah, I can't get that right now, but maybe some other time we can save up. And see, so what's great about that is they were involving each other in the conversation. Mm -hmm. So then Caitlin got to see that her anger wasn't rational and then she could be the mature, wonderful adult that she really is. But the reason why kids are this way when the parents say my kids, and a lot of parents are afraid to say no to their kids because they are afraid of their children being angry, it's because that's how they've taught them to be. That's correct. That's and how they've taught them to be. Yeah, to start talking about money. You've got to. There's nothing wrong with money. Money is one of the most incredible things. There's nothing wrong with talking about money. I happen to love it. <laughs> but, and I happen to love talking about it. Have you all noticed that? Yes. <laughs> Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? or see what life's like under the tree of life. Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort.
So uh, we have a Skyper joining us today. Susie says, saying no can be the most loving thing a parent can say to their child. Who, who are we Skyping with? Hello, from our home audience today. We have moms from across the country of questions for Susie. Deidre, who's joining us from uh, Seattle, where she's on a business trip. Your question is? Hi, Oprah. Hi. Um, I have three kids, 15, 13, and nine, and sometimes I feel like an ATM machine. I just don't know how to say no to them. We set up an allowance system, but they tend to run out of money every week and ask for more, and I end up giving in more than I would like to. And my question really is, I'm worried that I'll scare them if I start talking about money at this point. And I also worry that it's too late to talk to the older kids about money. And I just don't know how to get the conversation started. Okay. So here's what you all need to know about that is that the conversation's already started with her. Kids do what you do, they don't listen to what you say. So this conversation has already started because they're seeing mommy do certain things, seeing daddy do certain things, and therefore they already get the conversation. So what Deidre needs to understand is it is never, ever too late to have a conversation about money, ever. You have to start talking to your kids about money, and it is never too late to begin that conversation. In terms of being afraid to do so, yeah. don't approach it with fear. If mama is afraid and mama is shaking, kids are gonna get afraid. Well, I think what she's saying is the same thing that Caitlin iterated earlier. Caitlin said when she was able to see what's going in and what's coming out, it scared her. And I think so many parents are afraid of telling the truth to their kids because of Caitlin's reaction and because then they'll think, well, that's not the kid's responsibility to be scared or worried about where the money's coming from. If the mommy and the daddy put it on Caitlin to say, this is our problem, you fix it, kid, versus what mommy and daddy did, this is what's going on in our lives, but it's gonna bring us closest together. It's gonna to be the greatest thing that ever happened. Oh my God, we're gonna to get to camp in the backyard. We're going to get to watch movies. Make it like it's a great event. Don't make yeah. it like, oh my God, the sky is falling because there's no money. Make it like, isn't this great that we get to talk about it and we get to work through this together? Yeah. Okay, so Deidre, you get that, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm going to start talking about it. Yeah, the bottom line is, I, you know what, I, I, I had a, a, an epiphany when Susan said that. I had an aha moment because everything that you're doing already is a conversation, even if you're not having the conversation. The way you use money, the way you give money to them, all the things that you don't say when you buy things that you can't afford, you're already having the conversation. Isn't that a good aha right there? Mm. I had that little aha right there just talking. And about. don't let their imagination run wild because kids understand what's going on. They are smart today. They are smarter than I ever was when I was your age. So the truth of the matter is, a silent conversation is worse than a real one. So when you're telling, you tell, you're having a conversation when you buy things you can't afford. That's right, and the kids can feel it. They know something's wrong. They just don't know what it is. So they think they've done something wrong versus it's just money. It's just money. Money. Which is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Thanks, Deidre. Thank you so much. All right. So are you teaching your children to become financially stable adults or financial disasters? It's an important thing to think about because everything you do with money teaches your children, Susie Orman says. And the single most important step in raising a money-wise child is for parents to be money-wise themselves. 
Next up is a topic Susie has strong opinions about. Lori joins us from her bridal boutique in uh, Roseville, California. Hi, Lori. Hi, Oprah. How are you? Good. Here with Susie. What's your question? Um, I have a 10-year-old daughter, and she's just starting to ask for allowance. Her name is Ashlyn. Here's a picture of her. Gorgeous. And she's been asking for about $20 a month. And I had read a recent article that said um, to give allowance not based on chores, but based on the fact that they're a part of your household. So I was wondering from Susie how much I should give her and what would be an appropriate amount for a 10-year-old. Oy, so here's the thing. <laughs> it's like, I did this thing where I went around and I asked kids the question, why do you get an allowance? And you know what they said to me? Because I was born. My brother Joey gets an allowance. It's what is this thing about an allowance? You get an allowance simply because you live in a household? No. Money has to be earned. I think they need to be Yay! I agree. I, I agree with that. I honestly think we should take the word allowance and get it out of the dictionary. I would sit down with my child, and I would say, what do you need an allowance for? The child then will answer, I want to go to the movies. I want to maybe buy a little CD. How much will that cost you per month? You total up what it will cost. Maybe it's $20 in your particular case. Therefore, they have to do work around the house, and they have to be paid for every job that they do. Now, if they do that job efficiently, you can give them a pay raise. If they do not do that job efficiently, I would not be paying them. I would actually decrease their salary so that the kids understand good work equals good pay equals job promotion. Bad work equals getting fired. <laughs> and when they learn that at 8, 9, 10, now what are we talking about? We have a kid that knows they have to work for something, and when they get older, they understand working. But well, should they be, okay, so are they getting paid for doing things that they should do, like keeping your room clean, making your bed? Yes, I have to, I personally believe that if they do a really, really good job and they are spending a lot of time keeping their room clean and they're helping mommy and daddy and they're really helping them and you guys have to decide together what helps you really around the house. And truthfully, if, you know, making their bed helps you, then I have to tell, yeah, I would because it's, it's going to take them about four hours a month of work in order to make $20. So a little bit here and a little bit there will add up. Okay, Lori, got that? Okay, yeah, I got that. I think we'll start that soon. Thank you so much. Erica's standing by in her family room in uh, Renton, Washington. Erica has a question. Lots of parents have. Erica? Hi, Oprah. Hi, Susie. Hi. Hi, um, I have a question. Um, I've been seeing the credit card ads for teens, um, including a sign that I saw in the bank last week. And I want to know, is my 17-year-old daughter responsible enough for a credit card? Um, she'll be going off to college next year. Well, girlfriend, you have to answer that question for yourself. <laughs> is your daughter seriously showing responsibility right now when it comes to money? Yes or no, please? No. Thank you. Then she's not responsible <laughs> enough for a credit card. However, when you do get a child a credit card, here's what I think you need to do. Two things. Number one, you have to make sure that they always know that every single month, whatever they charge, they better pay off in full. There is no carrying a balance. And you have to monitor. And no minimum payment. No minimum payment. 
and wow. you have to monitor them. So very quick advice, you get your daughter a credit card or your son, you get it, you get the statement. Let them have the credit card. They run up a balance. They have to pay you every single month. They send the payment to you one or two weeks before it is due. So you turn around and you make the payment on the credit card so that they don't ruin their FICO score without knowing about it. That way you know if you have a responsible child or not. If you do, then you can finally let them be on their own, but you better monitor them because they don't understand it. And you already know your daughter's not responsible yet, so be careful, I'm girlfriend. On her. All right. All right, thank you. Susie says, no child should have a credit card until they can pass this short credit card quiz. What is that? So here we are, everybody. You have $1,000 you've put on a credit card at a 21% interest rate, Caitlin. And all you do is you pay the minimum every single month. How long is it going to take you to pay it off? Five months, three years, 16 years. What do you think? 16 years, you got it. That's number one. Number two, you're paying it for those. 16 years. <laughs> That's $1,000. That is just at $1,000. All right, so you're doing this. You're paying the minimum payment every single month. How much is it going to cost you in interest above the $1,000? Everybody. $1,694, you've charged $1,000, you're going to be paying almost $1,700 above that. Here's the last one. This is one is very important. Here you are, you're late on your payment, you go over the credit limit, you miss a payment. Will it affect you this way? You'll never be able to rent an apartment, you're never gonna be able to get hired for a job, you won't be able to get a cell phone. Which one? All three. No. Yes. If you're late on, what did you say? If you start becoming late on a payment, you go over the credit limit, you miss a payment, your FICO score goes down. Remember, every act you make with your credit card gets reported to the credit bureau. The credit bureau is the information that is provided to How Fair Isaac. How come you won't be able to get a cell phone? Because your FICO score isn't good and they're not gonna let you run up Anything on a cell phone, you need a good FICO score to get a cell phone. Okay. <laughs> and if your kids don't know that, they're gonna be moving in back with you. Yeah. So <laughs> be careful, everybody. When it comes to teaching your children about money so they can grow into financially secure adults, Susie Orman says there are five things every parent should know. Let's go through them. Now, so the first one is you really need to start talking to your kids about money, everybody. You know, open up the conversation, talk about it. Remember, as we said earlier, kids do as you do, not as you say. Yes. So for you, you now have to open up the conversation with your actual actions. That's right. And your fear, your anxiety, your whatever about money, you're teaching your kids that. that How you handle money is you're teaching your kids that. That is correct. Okay. Next, the thing is you have to get kids to actually value money. Okay. You know, they have to, you know, you have to really look at it and go value, 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 meaning what? They have to touch it. You don't see mommy paying for things in cash. What do you do? Credit card, credit card, ATM. So actually start paying for things in cash. That's what you really need to do. Okay. What's the next one that we don't have? Don't reward your children with money. Yeah, it's don't reward them with money. It's like they get good grades, everything is out there, okay. Love them, spend time with them. Don't feel like, I got an A, that equals $50. No, I got an A, I get to go out with mommy and daddy. 
I get to spend time. Teach your children the value of a personal relationship, not that everything comes down to money. And lesson four is about being an example for your children. Yeah, so you have to be an example for them in that the choices that you make, the choices that you make, what Caitlin sees mommy do, Caitlin's going to want to do. Children do as you do, not do as, as you, you do. As I'll say that over and over and over again. If any of you can take anything away from this, kids do as you do, not as you say. And don't think that they don't watch everything that you do. When you go to buy something, they know that's the moment they can play you to buy something for them as well. Yes, and you can't say we can't afford it, haven't having just said we can't afford it to them and then go buy yourself something yeah. frivolous. Yeah. So, you know, and don't tell them you can afford something when you can't. All kids want from you is honesty. All this world wants from you is honesty, and all you should want from yourself is honesty. And the last one is teach your kids how to prioritize. Have them make the right decisions. Kids want everything. I want this, I want that, I want this. But things are really important, so just have them wait. Make a list of what they want. They still want it in a month from now. Let them come back to you. But prioritize what is really important. And mom and dad, help them prioritize what do you need versus what you want. And out of all the things you want, what's the most important thing that you want? All right. Okay. Every year, millions of parents celebrate their child's high school graduation with a party or a present. But one of the best gifts may be a letter. Listen to what this dad wrote. I'm a father of three, and I worry a lot about my kids as they get ready to be sent off into the world, especially when it comes to money. There just isn't that much taught about it in high school. So as my oldest daughter was preparing to go off to college for the first time, I sat down and I wrote a letter, and I thought maybe I could get her to listen to some final tips from the old man. Dear Lexi, on your first day of college, let me congratulate you on your well-earned freedom. No more curfews, no more being dragged places you'd rather not be, no more of dad's teachable moments about responsibility and opportunity, about life. While we're on the subject of no more, let me gently mention that it applies to the car you've been driving too, and my gas card, and your allowance. Freedom, you see, has its price. Your freedom and a degree of mine come wrapped together. Yet, I can't help but worry that you may get tripped up with money issues. It's easy to do, especially when you're just starting out. But happily, it's also fairly easy to avoid. So if you'll indulge me one last time, I'd like to offer some parting financial wisdom for your first semester and beyond. Well, concerned father Dan Cadlick is here, and that letter to Lexi appeared in Money Magazine. You wrote this letter because you really were concerned. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think that... Kids go off into the world. They just don't learn anything about money in, in high school. Right. Uh, they become... And that needs to change. That needs to, that needs yeah. to change. Yes. I, I, I think, you know, in high school, you've got reading, writing, arithmetic. You need a fourth R. You need reality. And reality, and reality needs to be about money. It needs to be about mortgages, investments, credit cards, you know, the whole range. Absolutely. I love what you were saying in here, though. You said to your daughter, uh, live within your means, which I think if there's any lesson that I learned from my father, that would be it. Live within your means. Yeah, I mean, you, you become an That instant, is everything. You know, these college kids especially are fresh meat for the creditor predators, if yes. you will. And if you can't live within your means, you're going to run up bills instantly, especially if you do get that credit card. And I do believe uh, a credit card is not a bad thing to have if you can prove 
uh, that, that you know how to handle it. Well, you say in this article, you are fortunate to have parents that can take care of your biggest bills, tuition, room and board, transportation, home. But the rest, dear child, is up to you. It would be a shame for you to end up in debt with your modest earning ability right now. The average credit card balance for college seniors, nearly $3,000. Yeah. Right. And, and that's because they don't, they don't know what they're getting into. They, you know, they get that credit card, they see their limit. They yeah. see their limit, and it just looks like free money to them. Absolutely. And they have no idea how long it can take 16 years to pay off, uh, to pay off a thousand dollars. Okay. Point number two: get the right credit card. Dan writes, "I have a confession. In the past few months, I have, without telling you, thrown away at least a dozen credit card offers to you. This bombardment will continue when you move to campus." Yeah. You know, I don't want to think, I don't want Lexi to think I was reading her mail. Yeah. Uh, but I was, I was, I was screening all those. Uh, <laughs> you know, two, sometimes two or three a day, and you just look at that and say, why do these credit card companies keep bombarding someone with no income? And the answer is they're in it for the long run. They want to hook you early. And we've seen studies that show the first credit card you own, you still have 15 years later. And that's why they're in it, they're in it for the long run. Well, we're going to talk to Lexi and see if she took her dad's advice. Lexi's joining us via Skype from the Miami University campus in Ohio. I understand you're missing your calculus exam right now? Yes, I am, but thankfully my teacher, Dr. Miller, is letting me retake it, so. Great, thank it's you. It's good. <laughs> uh, everyone wants to know, including your dad, uh, how, how well are you following his advice? Well, as a freshman in college, there aren't as many spending opportunities as I would think. But I have been keeping a folder of all of my receipts for whatever I have been spending. Not sure what I'm going to do with those yet. I think <laughs> me and my dad will go over that. <laughs> that and also my major actually requires me to take an economics class at some point. So I think I'm going to be taking one next semester, actually. So. What's your major? What's your major? Um, international studies. How great is that? Yeah. <laughs> are, you're not, are you in your dorm room? I am in my friend Katie's apartment, actually. I was going to say, dorm rooms have really improved. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. We... No, they're a lot smaller. OK. <laughs> uh, have you uh, learned to appreciate the, 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 the limits your parents set on you uh, on spending when you were growing up? Absolutely. I think it's going to make my transitioning into, after my senior year in college, a whole lot easier by having my dad not cut me off at all, but like, you know, give limits, as you said. When I'm going out getting a job, that sort of stuff, you know, I'm going to have to manage with what I have and not with what my parents are giving me anymore. So, yeah, yeah, I know you said that overall you hadn't had as many spending opportunities as you thought, but how are you managing with the money overall? You know what? I made a lot of money over the summer. Um, I had a summer job as a swim instructor. And, you know, I have it all in a bank account. I have a debit card, so it's not a credit card. So every time I need to spend my own money, I have to actually physically go to an ATM and take out the money. So, I mean, it's a little bit more of a hassle. So I don't spend as much as I think I would if I had access to a credit card. Yeah, and because it's real money. And it's, it's yeah. what Susie was saying earlier, when you have to have the cash in your hands, yeah, and about I also, yeah, I watch my, like, the money in my account, you know, go down each time I take out money. So, you know, I like having my money in there, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dan, what do you think is the best lesson you've given? Well, I think that's just it. We, we started the kids on allowance uh, some years ago, and we made them stick to it. If, if they ran out of money, they ran out of money. And, you know, I, I was, again, feeling about that ATM machine. And uh, for a while, every time the kids were leaving the house, they'd ask me for $20. 
And I really just got tired of that. And I said, you know, we're changing this all up. I opened up bank accounts for all of them with debit cards. I put a certain amount of money in every week. They had to make it last. The beauty of that system was they learned how to budget and how to live within their means. But also, when I decided I wanted to give them something extra, it became fun again for me. Mm -hmm. if, I, if I decided, oh, you know, I, I could cough up something here for that project or for this or that. And, and, and it excited me and it was fun. And, and, and I, I felt the love again, as yes. opposed to just shelling out and shelling out. Right. Not feeling like an ATM machine, as Deidre had said earlier. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Lexi. I'm so happy that you're doing well your freshman year. Thank you. Really, really great job. Go take your test. Okay. <laughs> Tell Dr. Miller thanks. Really. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Dan. So we have a final question from Jean. She's on Skype. What's your question? Hi, um, I have a nine-year-old son. Next year, he'll be in fifth grade. When he completes fifth grade, he will have an opportunity to take a week-long trip to Costa Rica with some of his fellow classmates. He's in a Spanish immersion program, so this will allow him to speak Spanish, and we won't be there to have to translate for. Right now, we can't afford it. How can we make this happen for him? I guess, should we be able to take out a loan? So, so is that your question? Yes. Okay. So the question back to you is, do you have any current credit card debt? Yes. How much? Uh, over $20,000. I, ooh. And how much is this trip going to cost? About $2,200 to $2,500. All right, I would tell you, please don't do it. And let me tell you why. If you ask me, a good parent is somebody who has enough money to make sure that the kids can always eat, they provide shelter for them, there's money in case they get sick. If you take this money as a loan, to send your kid away and now you lose your job, something happens, what's the kid gonna think? So when you can't afford it, just tell them, not now, honey, we're gonna teach you Spanish at home. Later on if we do, okay. I wouldn't be doing it if I were you. Honest to God, I think you'll be making a serious mistake. $20,000 in credit card debt? I don't think so. Are you worried about what he's gonna think and the rest of the fifth graders are gonna think and all the other parents who are fifth graders are gonna think if he doesn't go? I'm not worried about what his classmates will think. I'm more worried about him have missing out on this opportunity. He currently does speak Spanish. He's virtually fluent in Spanish at this point. But yeah, he's known about this opportunity since kindergarten. So I'm just, I'm concerned about his disappointment if he doesn't get to go. But you can't afford it. Right. Okay. So he can't go. He's becoming aware of our financial situation. Okay. Right. Thank you, Jean. Thank you so much. You can't go. You can't go. Right, audience? You can't go. You can't go. We're sorry. Now, you were saying, too, and if she lets him go when she's talked about not being able to afford it, then she's teaching him something else, yeah, right? Yeah, she's teaching him to live a financial lie, because mama's living a financial lie. So live our lives in honesty, everybody, in honesty. Love your children. Don't reward them with money. Reward them with honesty and love. That's what this is all about. That's what this is all about. You were also saying, when Dan was here talking about uh, Lexi, who's done a good job there, that if you don't get it taught in school, when Dan was saying reading, writing, reality, arithmetic and reality, if you don't get taught in school, then you have to do it yourself. Parents, this is it. Your kids aren't going to learn it in school. And why aren't they going to learn it in school? What do you pay the teachers? The teachers are paid poverty level, if you think about it. How does a teacher teach prosperity to a child when they're living in poverty and they're having to spend their own money to get stuff for your kids, educational materials, travesty that that's happening. Go, Susie. Right. Great lessons on today's show. Whether you're a parent or grandparent, on or off.
Hope you'll pass some of them along to a child you love. Thanks, everybody. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah Show, the podcast. And I thank you for listening. <laughs>